And now, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your DJ. What a build-up. I do like that. Welcome. It's the Britpop Show. Where are you guys? I am sat in the Cotswolds and it is sunny outside. Some autumnal sunshine for us. And today is a special show. It's a special show every week, I know. But this week is particularly special because it is now in exactly a year that I have been on air. The Britpop show is a year old. And so as a result, I'm going to celebrate some of the amazing people that we've interviewed for the show. And this is a flashback to Nigel Clark, who came into the studio. I am the greatest man. Put me 
Grassman by Dodgy, and that is right, it is one whole year of the Britpop show. And those of you on the podcast who are saying, no, no, it can't be, we've only had 41 episodes of the podcast, it's not 52 episodes, it's because I didn't start doing the podcast till December, because, you know, I had to feel my way. But this is officially the end of season one of the podcast. Next week will be season two, and I can't wait to tell you what we've got lined up for season two. Largely because I don't know. But let's celebrate today, shall we? Let's celebrate exactly what we've achieved over the last year. I had a message from Ali saying, A whole one year of your dulcet tones. Love being introduced to new music and hearing the great interviews. Keep up the good work. Congratulations on the first birthday of the Britpop show. Thank you very much. Now, what have we achieved? We had Nigel Clark here. Nigel Clark of Dodgy was in the studio talking to me live. I, if you told me that a year ago, I would have said, forget it, that's not happening. There are plenty of other people. But one of the really big things was basically getting my connection with Electricy. And one of the, well, their major hit was Morning Afterglow. And I spoke to Nigel, who wrote Morning Afterglow. And the idea that I would ever get to speak to Nigel and talk to him about Morning Afterglow. And he's become a friend. And the idea of achieving that a year ago you would have it would have just been impossible but anyway let's hear a bit from what nigel was talking about when we were talking i was talking to him about morning afterglow with morning afterglow there were four songs that i'd written that were all in the same little scratchy demo i sort of recorded in the bedroom with the guitar and i thought song number one and two were the brilliant big hits and right at the very end of the tape there was like two minutes of me saying oh here's this crappy little scratchy thing i've got ding 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 and ali took one listen to it and he went oh my God, what is that? And as a singer, you know, he's just more in tune with what's gonna to connect to the audience. And it literally, it was that simple. And you know, the whole thing, the verse is the same, the first time and the second time, there's not that many lyrics. And in the middle, it goes, na, 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 na. So it was a pretty simple song. And he just recognized straight away that that had something and it just kind of did. It just kind of snowballed from there, so. Because that's what I was about to ask. When you wrote it, did you know how good it was, but it sounds to me like you didn't, and somebody I else. I certainly did not, <laughs> very definitely not. But then, Ali definitely with that song, there was a reaction to that that was unlike sort of anything we'd had before. And I think that's more the thing that you you start seeing at your shows, for example, that huh, when we play that song, there's a reaction, and, and that's another piece. It's like sometimes you know when you write something, and especially when you record something, when you're in the studio and you hear that thing coming out of the speakers, there are definitely moments that I've had with that. And Morning After Glow was one of those. Jim had just joined the band on keyboards and we were in a studio in Yeovil, a producer by the name of John Sweet, a lovely guy who, who'd really kind of 
helped immeasurably kind of get us from nowhere to somewhere because he sort of helped us to record these initial songs. And we recorded Morning Afterglow and there was some Hammond organ on it. And then Jim started playing the piano, which is in the intro. And then there's a sort of piano solo, which is like the, the least cool indie thing ever on a song, right? A piano solo. And yet Morning Afterglow has a piano solo on it and it works. And I just remember hearing that piano going on and total sort of like chills on the back of my neck moment. You know what I mean? It was just like, oh my God, this sounds like something. So sometimes you know. played Morning Afterglow and I've said to the audience, I don't understand why we don't talk about Morning Afterglow in the same breath as classics like Disco 2000 and Don't Go Back in Anger. Why do you think that is? Well, I am incredibly <laughs> gratified to hear you say so obviously that's pretty awesome. But the music industry is tough. It's a hard, hard industry. There's a lots of ups and downs and obviously we had some success. We did well for a while, a bit here and there, but you know, we never sustained it over a long period of time. So, who knows? I believe at one point it was being considered to go in Notting Hill, the film. Ah. I think it would have made a massive difference had it got into the film. Yeah. But again, I think Morning Afterglow is one of those tracks that most people will recognise it and then go, was that Shed Seven or was that some, you know, someone else? It's one of those songs where the song is better known than the band. And Morning Afterglow, the, the video that was all going backwards, was another big point that the Americans went, wow, this is such a cool song. You know, it's an English song, so we can market the hell out of that one. It's the song that Oasis wished they'd written. That was kind of what people were saying at the record. The song that Oasis wished they'd written. And if you remember, if you're a listener of the podcast, you will know that when they released their album recently, they came onto the show, both Nigel and, uh, and Ali. They both came onto the show and they did the show with me. To just to talk about their, their new album that came out. And that was a, was a highlight for me for the last year. There were some other guests that we're going to talk about, but before we do that, I'm going to also play some songs from artists that it would be lovely to get next year. And why not aim high? Why not aim for a bit of Jarvis next year?
write this song on that one day Why did you touch my hand and softly say Stop asking questions that don't matter anyway Just give us a kiss to celebrate changed by pulp that one dedicated to ali and we've had plenty of requests in this week and keep them coming in if you want to get in touch you should know how to do it by now just on the app hit message the studio if you're listening live or if you're listening on the podcast just go to at the Britpop show on twitter and send me a message i had a message this week from a guy called billy hunt and he was uh, he was not very happy because he was in he said he was in twitter jail for profanity and I wanted to know uh, what what he'd been doing. And uh, he used a word very similar to his surname. So Billy Hunt is currently in jail, but he'll be released shortly. And he said he will retweet some stuff for it. And that's what I like. I like to hear from, from people who listen to the show uh, when and where they can. So, Billy, it was a pleasure chatting to you. But what well, was also a pleasure chatting to this year. And again, this is another one where if you'd said to me, you're going to be chatting to Mark Morris before the year is out, I would have put money on the fact that I wouldn't be. But he was an absolute pleasure to talk to. So much so that we split his interview into two and made two shows out of it because he was just just brilliant to chat to. And I could have chatted to him for, forever. He was just an amazing, amazing person. And if you ever get the chance to go and see him, go and see him live, whether he's playing for the Blue Tones or even better if he's playing some of his solo stuff because he is really, really funny when he's playing live. So let's have a little bit about Mark Morris show in one of my famous cheesy questions. Actually, I'm going to do one more cheesy one. What's the most famous person on your phone? The most famous person on my phone? Now, I don't want to put you on an, under any pressure, but I asked Sonia from Echo Belly. She had Madonna. Oh, well, I'm not going to be able to beat that. Sorry. I'm not anywhere near that. Probably Simon Pegg, because he's a big oh. movie star now, isn't he? Yeah. I've got the, him and Nick's number and, of course, Edgar's number. And I mean, David Williams is famous, but he's but Simon Pegg's international, isn't he? He's an international movie star. He's probably got Tom Cruise on his... He's definitely got Tom Cruise he's on his phone. He's definitely got Tom Cruise yeah. on his phone, yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll take that. In fact, that's better than Madonna. Are you who kidding wants to, me? Who wants I to mean, be Madonna? No disrespect to Simon at all, but are you kidding me? Better than Madonna... There's very little in this life that's better than Madonna, mate. (laughs) 
Mark Morris, the legend that is Mark Morris. And what else did we do this year? I'm very proud to say that we collected uh, uh, just the, the most amazing sponsor for this show. Do you want to hear who they are? You know already, Creation Day Festival. You're listening to The Britpop Show. Sponsored by Creation Day Festival. Playing the best and the rest of Britpop.
Supergrass's best song there, Moving. Go on, prove me wrong. Go and find another, a better one. Wouldn't it be great to have Gaz Coombs next year on the show? In next season, season two of the Britpop show, Gaz Coombs, either, either co-hosting the show or giving an interview. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Can you remember, however, the time when I spoke to Sonia from Echo Belly? If you can't, here's a reminder. Talking of being part of a scene, you released On in October 1995, so that's 25 years ago. Did you do anything to celebrate that? No. <laughs> Short answer. I'll tell you the truth, I don't know when things are released, I have to be told. I kind of live in a bit of a weird bubble and I, very often people say, do you remember this, do you remember that, and I have no memory of it. I just. It's almost like you create something and then you let it go. I think October 95 was yeah. possibly the greatest month in music history. Did you know any of the albums that came out in October 95? That's your job, darling. I'll quit. I was part of it and I was off my head, so Let I don't me... really... <laughs> Let me tell you. So, cast, all change. Pulp, mm -hmm. different class. Menswear, nuisance. Oasis, what's the story, morning glory. Black grape, it's great when you're straight. Space hog, resident alien. And then you guys release on. That was all in one month. Did you realise that you were up against this massive competition at the time? Yes and no. We were on the same label system as Oasis. And we were kind of chummy. We mm. used to drink together and we toured together and, yeah. and got on really well. But it was made quite clear by Sony who the priority was going to be. So you can feel that you're, you're part of a scene, but also you know that it's a tiered system. For example, we toured with Oasis in France and Sony came over and there was a guy, the equivalent of John Peel in France, came to the shows and he wore an Echo Belly t-shirt, didn't wear an Oasis t-shirt and he was really promoting us, he was really into it. And Sony execs came up and basically said, no, it's Oasis that we're putting money behind. You know, I, I was a, kind of told about this and it, it's heartbreaking. Do you feel any of that is because of gender? It must have been quite a male-dominated industry back in the 90s. It's interesting because not amongst the bands. We were all in it together, up to a point. Of course, there's the natural competition, but there was a lot of camaraderie as well. And I think because you don't know any better, because you're actually alive at that time and you can't look 20 years into the future when you, know, you see it as, yes, there, there was a, a kind of a difficultness for women you just get on with it you know I don't want to whinge about it there, there were issues but at the same time there weren't it was did still you find that there were some advantages as well of having a, a good-looking female lead 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Who are you referring well, to? Uh, sleeper. No. <laughs> prettiest start of the lot was Liam Gallagher. Actually. I mean, he's he, a, he, he a pretty boy. Very much so, and oh. a very nice human being. I always. Not so much nowadays. Now he's fallen out of a helicopter and smashed up his face. Liam, I know you're listening. Get well soon. Now, this next band, they've been very active on Twitter. And I'll tell you about that after I've played one of their songs. But they've literally just released this three minutes ago on Facebook. This is how up to date we are. Following this is Shed 7, and this is from Rick Witter, not on Twitter. Following the news in August that Alan and Joe have both stepped down from the band, and we won't go into that, we would like to once again wish them all the best for the future. Moving forward, we are pleased to announce that taking their place on the upcoming tour will be Maxi on drums, and he's played for Audio Web and Ian Brown, and Tim Wills on keyboard and guitar. Tim has toured, produced, and co-written with Ian Brown and worked with The Cure and James, to name but a few. Rehearsals are well underway, and we are thrilled to report they are sounding immense. We're really enjoying the chance to revisit the set, shake it up a bit, and approach some of the songs a little differently. The band is sounding fresh and reinvigorated, and we can't wait for the tour and what might lie beyond. See you there, Love Shed 7. That was a lovely little message from Rick, wasn't it? Now, I suggested to a friend of mine, John, the other day, that he ought to listen to this song, by Shed 7 but you couldn't find it so I promised him that I would play it tonight on the Britpop show this is off their debut album this is Ocean Pie by Shed 7 enjoy
Can't interrupt it. Ocean Pie, Shed 7, off their debut album. What a tune, what a tune. Uh, it'd be lovely to get Rick Witter on the show, wouldn't it? Imagine that, Rick Witter. Britpop royalty on the show. Let's see if we can get that achieved for season two of the podcast. And if you like a bit of Rick Witter and you are anywhere near Edinburgh at the end of September, uh, which is in a few days' time, an evening with Rick Witter with special guest host Clint Boone at the old Dr. Bell's Baths in Edinburgh on the 30th of September, doors 7.30pm. And they also tweeted, Shed 7, news is reaching us of a Shed 7 ticket shortage. This is talking about their tour in November and December. Large queues forming and reports of some people buying more than one. I wonder what they're referring to there. And of course, very remiss of me, I should have told you about the Echo Belly tour coming up, starting on the 30th of September in Stoke and ending on the 20th of October in London at the O2 Academy Islington and going around the country. Feel free to go and just go and support live music. Why not? Now, do you remember when I spoke to James McCall, the lead singer of The Supernaturals? Be warned, this one needs subtitles. For me, that's a top five gig, just because we were shouting out songs and you guys were playing them, it was great. And in fact, I was so impressed with you guys because this guy shouted out, I don't know if it's called Hank Williams or Honk Williams, it's the B-side to Lazy Lover. Honk Williams, yeah. Yeah, and he shouted that out. And you guys just launched into it and played it. And I was like, these guys are amazing. Suddenly the whole sky lit up The spacecraft and an alien standing at the door He was dressed just like Hank Williams He had a Stetson hat and eyes like a and I was on my knees Praying to the Lord I said, We used to be able to do that though That was our, that was our thing We never really had set lists In the early days of the band And we used to just We used to just make our set lists up From what we like Thought about Would be good to play that day Sort of thing yeah, uh, we didn't write it out on. on we did after a while because people said, "Does you have to do this?" But we didn't think it was. We didn't really think it was rock and roll. <laughs> but actually, it's, it's a good idea because, <laughs> as you say, when you do one song like uh, say Trees, and then you do another one like maybe Idiot or something that's got virtually the same chords, uh, it's pretty kind of. It's not a good, it's not a good move, but but we yeah we used to do it all the time. We used to just throw songs in and try and uh, keep ourselves on our toes. And sometimes it was it really worked, but other times it was really terrible. <laughs> but that's but I mean that's a B side and it's a great song. <clears throat> but and you just pulled it out. You're just like yeah okay I can understand album tracks, but B sides. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's an easy song to play. It's only got three chords, so <laughs> we weren't exactly. <laughs> It wasn't exactly weather report, you know what I mean? Yeah, but even, even remembering <laughs> the lyrics, you know. <laughs>
The reason that that song came up is because in, uh, in Falkirk, it must have been 95 or 96, there was all these sightings of aliens. Uh, and that, that sparked the song. Just if you actually did meet an alien, I think it would like do your head in for the rest of your life. It wouldn't be a particularly sort of illuminating experience. So so that's, that's where we got the idea for the song from. James McCall from The Supernaturals. I did love a bit of Supernaturals back in the 90s. I've got to admit, their first album, brilliant album. But who is on my hit list? Fans of the show will know that on my hit list is, uh, is the guy from this, al- from, from this band who uh, have done possibly the best album of the Britpop era. Hits from the 1990s. Things you say, it's easier to 
just so good. Lost myself by the long pigs. Crispin Hunt. We've got, he's on the hit list, isn't he? He's one of my targets, one of my many targets. How good would it be to have him on the show? I'm not holding my breath for that one, but it would be amazing. Tell you who else would be amazing and all, almost as unlikely to be on the show. That would be Tim Burgess from the Charlatans. Listening to the Britpop Show, sponsored by Creation Day Festival, playing the best and the rest of Britpop. You are indeed, and I do love a, a request, don't I? I read a request from Davo, and I feel it's it's great to have to play a request from Davo because he he messages every week, and I do love people who message every week, I, and I also love the fact that on the podcast I can see where people are listening there's a guy listening in Fairbanks in Alaska if that is you sir get in touch I would love to hear from you but Davo has said 
uh, at the Britpop show, I recently saw that Bernard Butler's 1998 solo debut, People Move On, is getting a special four CD box set reissue due out in January. Could you play something from that album, perhaps not alone or you just know on today's show? I'll play this one instead.
Bernard Butler there. Stay. And one of the things I'm really proud of from the Britpop show is the podcast and where people listen. We've had someone in Cheremkovo in Russia. We have people in Johannesburg and just south of Johannesburg and Pretoria all listening. Very happy with that. If you guys want to get in touch, let me know. At Santa Cruz de Tenerife, people are listening. Orense in, or Orense, I guess, in Spain. And people in Gibraltar, all over the world, people are listening. So thank you very much for listening. And please do get in touch. We will, if you get a request in during the week, I will make sure I play it for you. Just let me know where you are getting in touch from. But do you remember when I interviewed Alan McGee? I can't remember if there's any fruity language in this, so send the kids out now. Now, at what point did you realise with Oasis, fucking hell, this is massive? Uh... Not immediately. Um, I knew it was a great band. I suppose when Live Forever went in the top ten, it was starting to look like, God, this could be really big, you yeah, know? Yeah. I knew the potential was there from yeah. day one, but it became realised, Joe. You know? Yeah. Is it true that actually in the first, because the first album, it, they just weren't getting it in the in the recording? Yeah, I mean, there was a, it, the, the definitely maybe record session was really laboured, yeah. do you know what I mean, you know? Yeah. Recorded it twice, three times, and mixed it. No, I recorded it twice and mixed it three times. Which brings me to my big philosophical question. If Oasis were around now, there, w- there wouldn't be enough money to get them where they ended up being, and they, it, they probably wouldn't have happened. What do you think about that? No, I think they would have happened. It's just like, you know, it had been really different. But it would, it would have been different if they'd went with anybody else other than creation we kind of did allow them to be whoever they wanted to be yeah and that's why it worked yeah
They weren't all about distorted guitars, were they? Married with children. A message in from Jonty. Jonty was loving that, helping with his revision. And a message from King of the Knot. Happy anniversary, top show as always. Thank you very much. You are welcome. Remember when I interviewed Gomez? If you don't, here it is. Favourite Britpop song? Oh, God. I know, right? I have to ask this question because we're the Britpop show. And what normally happens is I ask you and then you go, uh, and then I then go, oh. I'll play that, and then the audience laugh oh, it. Up. They love it. They love it. So don't pick anything rubbish. Yeah, I know. I'm just trying to think. But I mean, how are we defining Britpop, right? You define Britpop in any way you wish. I mean, are we just saying British music from sort of the nineties? <laughs> if that's what you want to put on it, yeah, no problem. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Don't pick Coldplay though. I'll get lynched. Okay, no Coldplay. I guess it has to be. Have to be a Radiohead tune. Okay, I mean, are they Britpop? Yeah. Do you know what? I'm really glad you said this because I've yeah. had, I, I had to do a poll on Twitter about whether Radiohead were Britpop or not, and 60% said they weren't, and 40% said they were, which is cool for me because I like to be in the minority. But then Radiohead have a lot of good songs, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, literally any song off the Bends is is a good song, isn't it? Yeah, it would have to be. I mean, did, did OK Computer stop being Britpop? I'll, no, I'll give you that for Britpop. I'll give you that. It was 97, was parent, wasn't it? Parent, no, I think 90, yeah, 97. So but let's just go Paranoid Android. I mean, it's nice just stuff. got everything. I mean, yeah. that's, taken, that's taken eight minutes out of my show. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was talking as much. <laughs> I won't be playing Paranoid Android. Uh, just a quick message. Alex James from Blur, the Blur bassist. Be great to get him in, in on the show. He's swapped Britpop for cheese and cider production, and he's just released a new cider called the Britpop Cider and it's now available through your co-op food market stores. Anyone had any? Let me know. No doubt they'll be sending in boxfuls of it because we're supporting them and we're letting everybody know. So co-op, if you have a, fr- a box of Britpop cider, send it our way. In the meantime, thank you guys for listening. We're going to end with some blur, aren't we? See you on the flip side. She says there's ants in the carpet Dirty little monsters Eating all the muscles Picking up the rubbish Give her effervescence She needs a little sparkle Good morning TV You're looking so healthy We all say Don't want to be alone We wear the same clothes Closer to 30
the same clothes.